Hi friends, just a quick trigger warning for this episode. We do discuss a character who ends up taking her own life. So if that is something that you shouldn't listen to, uh, the discussion begins around 44.52. We start talking about our two peaks in the valley and then it ends at 49.47. We don't mention it anytime after. You are in the clear after that to continue the episode as is. And with that said, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Lit by Moonlight, where it's not a phase to become a spy in a world you don't belong in. This week, we are talking about Holly Black's The Cruel Prince. In this book, mortal Jude Duarte is taken from her home at age seven, along with her twin sister Tarrant and half-fairy older sister Vivi, after their parents are brutally murdered by Vivi's biological fairy father, Maddox. Ten years later, Jude is struggling to fit into the magical world of fairy and longs to be accepted by her peers. Jude desperately wants to be a knight with the king's court, but to do so, she must defy Prince Cardin, who torments Jude and Taryn constantly and whom she loathes immensely. As Jude tries to make her place in the world of fairy, she quickly becomes involved in political intrigue, lies, and discovers she may have a taste for bloodshed. As tensions rise, Jude may need to make a terrible alliance and risk her life to save her family and the land of fairy. Hi everyone, I'm Emberlyn, and I recently purchased my cat a small cowboy hat that I think he really likes. And he looks good in it. And I'm Caitlin, and mentally I am Reese Darby wearing a bucket hat. Physically, I am Caitlin Mori and no bucket hat, and I'm really sad about it. We need to get you a bucket hat. I really Stat. want a bucket hat. Stat. I think it's a look. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I, th- I think we should bring back bucket hats. It's 2022. It's time. It's time. I think bucket hats are actually back, just not are back they? in our closets. You use yours and mine specifically, and we got to make yeah. that happen. That's on us. Mm-hmm. That's on us. All right. So, um, Caitlin, yeah. we're talking about the Cruel Prince today. Oh, we sure are. We sure are. Uh, how did you first discover the series? Uh, well, if you're on TikTok at all. You're going to see it, because that's where I uh, first saw it. I didn't know anything about it, other than all the book talk girlies were, like, cosplaying as these, like, characters and lip-syncing to audio and music, and I was, like, intriguing. And it literally would always pop up, like, anytime I was on, like, the book talk tag, and uh, still didn't know anything about it, because I was like, eventually I'll read it, so I would scroll really fast. Um, and I didn't know that, like, fairies were involved until I bought the book at Barnes & Noble, and the girl who was checking me out was like, ooh, you'll like this one, there's fairies in it. And I was like, oh, is that what it's about? <laughs> cool. Yeah, I feel like this this series is incredibly popular among the book talk girlies, uh, which is how I also do it. <laughs> um, I feel like there's a handful of books that you see in the typical book talk smorgasbord. Yes. Um, and this one is typically one of the main ones that... Um, the girlies are talking about uh so that's how it came out of my radar um i think we had that did you know anything about it or you just like were seeing it on tiktok no i literally didn't know anything about it until i i saw that first poem in the very beginning which i'll talk Mm -hmm. more about later um about fairies and i was like fairies oh (laughs) intriguing (laughs) what a surprise yeah all right so we're talking about fairies in this world what did you think of the world building when you first started reading the book yeah um I actually found it very interesting. I felt like there's something there's something really aesthetically pleasing uh, about a, the world that Holly Black takes us to. Um, I really enjoyed the way that magic manifests. I think like the fairy fruit, for example, the charms, the glamours, um, all really piqued my interest. Uh, explicitly the fact that the fruits, for example, uh, are dangerous to mortals. Uh, so like imagine you're at the grocery store, you see a lovely enchanted fruit, you eat it, mm-hmm. and you wake up four hours later naked in the Trader Joe's parking lot. Um, <laughs> That sounds like an exquisite time to me. That sounds like a Thursday, so I'm in, you know? Okay, well, that did happen to me on Thursday, so I'm not sure what you're talking oh about. Oh, I didn't see it on your Google calendar. It was, um, was it, like, a kind of like a spur-of-the-moment thing? It was a little traumatic, so that's why I didn't add it in there. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We'll unpack it off-pod. Off-pod. <laughs> 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 um, so that was, that was the big thing. Um, and then I also felt like there were explicit places. The way that she described them was very interesting, uh, like Locke's home, uh, the river, um, and then how Fairy is able to hide in plain sight from the mortal world. I thought that was really interesting, right in the hill. Um, 
I think that the attention to surrealty in detail is really lovely. And uh, I'm also just all in all very appreciative of books that make strange and unusual things matter of fact. So for example, the way that uh, Black talks about the water Nixies uh, when she's when Jude's character and, and Taryn, they get pushed into the river. Um, I love that because it was so matter of fact. The, the descriptives of the Nixies were kind of vague. And I, I sometimes like that. That's something I actually really enjoyed about some of the original uh, young adult fantasy novels is the way that they made some of the strange things in the book matter of fact. Um, in a way that it almost seems like the narrator has forgotten that you don't know what those things are because they're so normal to them. Um, I think it really helps to paint the picture of, of the character who's telling the story. Um, so I just really enjoyed that. Uh, it's very curiosity provoking. Tell me a little bit about uh, what you thought about the world building. Well, immediately you open up the book and there's this really and the best way I can describe it is just adorable map <laughs> because <laughs> I thought it was so cute. Like usually like in if a fantasy book has a map and mostly they all do, it all feels very um, almost authentic in a way where it's just like this is a real map and like it looks like something that like if we lived in that world, like this is how it would look and it would have legit drawings. This one had like cute little doodles in it and little guys just doing their little business. I, I like the... Um, addition of just like the people on the map there's like a little deer or there's like a little creature looking into the lake of masks and like there's i think there's one like on a boat or something and i was just like they're just so cute and they got like these little tiny faces and i was like this is <laughs> fucking adorable and then like also on the chapters there's like little doodles with like little like little like bees and like flowers and stuff and i was like oh this is really cute so immediately i was like i'm excited and the thing that um really got me in that map itself was uh, the fact that there was something called the Lake of Masks. And I was like, ooh, that's cool. Because yeah. on the map, you see, like, this little guy looking into it. and there's all, But there's, like, multiple faces in the reflection. And I was like, ooh, I'm excited to see what that is going to be. Because I was just thinking, imagine, like, looking into... And it, what it ends up being is if you look into the Lake of Masks, you don't see your own reflection. You see right. someone who is either going to look into the water or someone in the past who already has looked. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's such a cool, like, detail. Because I'm like, can you imagine, like, looking into, like, a reflective surface and not seeing yourself? Because yeah. that's terrifying. <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so I was really intrigued. Um, I wasn't at all expecting the book to start in the mortal world, which I thought was really cool. And then because we were already there, I was like, oh, this is going to be, like, one of, like, those Chosen One series and, like... This girl's going to be told, like, oh, you need to come to this magical world and you can save it. But it wasn't that, which was kind of a cool, like, little, um, not twist, but, like, I just wasn't expecting it to start like that mm -hmm. with, like, this mysterious man, yeah. um, Maddox, who shows up to Jude's house and, you know, murders their parents, as you do, <laughs> and <laughs> takes them <laughs> from the mortal world to the fairy world. Um so I was just like, shit, like, this sucks. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. um, as far as, like, like fairy itself, I think it's interesting. I just feel like I'm a little bit of the opposite of you. I wanted to know more. I am, this could just be me of how I was reading it, and maybe I just wasn't paying attention. But, like, all of these, like, we get introduced to these characters, like, this person has pointed ears and this person has wings and then this person's blue and then this person has pink eyes and I'm like okay what species are they like are they all fairies or are there like different types of people like I want to know like that and then like a lot of them all have powers like it seems a lot of it like oh they tell you what to do and you do it like they have control over you or like they glamour you and I'm just like so yeah. do they all do that or is it only some like I I want to know the details I need to know that. So I just felt like, and maybe it's just because we were seeing it through like a mortal's eyes because it's told through Jude's perspective, but I just felt like yeah. I, I wanted more. I wanted to, I loved fairies when I was little, so I wanted to explore the world. I'm like, okay, but what are those guys? Like, what are they doing? And again, maybe mm -hmm. there was just parts I wasn't paying attention because literally as you were talking and you said that <laughs> they hide in plain sight from the mortal world within the hill, I was like oh, is that where they are? <laughs> like, that, that's on me. Um, I, didn't, I didn't understand that when I was reading the book. So, um, 
yeah maybe this is just a me problem but i i know i wish i i i wanted more from the world building because i wanted to understand the world more but it just felt like it was just like a fun idea of a setting and then mm-hmm. the rest was just i don't know i wanted more <laughs> no yeah i i honestly think that the way you're feeling is is very justified and i hope that's something we talk more about later is yeah. how it felt like they were pieces of this book in terms of world building and character development that could have been fleshed out a little more um so i think you're absolutely right um and you actually just mentioned something that reminded me a lot of uh daisy meadows um and i don't know if you recall this but there were these rainbow magic fairy books from when we were kids they're chapter books um and uh i remember that they had all these different fairies in different colors and i remember explicitly having the ruby the red fairy book um and reading it and loving it so much so you just brought back my own love of fairies from when i was a kid um and i hope there are folks out there that remember those books because they were so cool and um i definitely think that maybe down the line we should definitely do like a review of kids chapter books and include those because (laughs) They are awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I think that you just maybe remember that. Um, and also why I would have probably been really excited about this book. Um, because I think as a young adult, it's cool to revisit um, a fantasy topic that I feel like is usually typically reserved for like younger people. Yeah. Um, like fairies. So that's a really good point. With that in mind, Caitlin, yeah. uh, was there a specific moment for you that hooked you in this book? I know you've talked about this a little bit already, um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts explicitly in great detail now (laughs) yeah so it was it was the prologue like when like they started off in the mortal world and jude's and taryn's like parents get killed and bibby's of course i i wasn't expecting that to happen i didn't know that we were going to start this book off with such horrible bloodshed and such like a traumatic (laughs) like thing for the seven-year-olds and I can't remember how old Vivi was but she's like a little bit older but still you know mm-hmm. not young enough to truly cope with the death of your parents so no um can you imagine like being a seven-year-old when this all happens to you like I feel like any seven-year-old's dream could be being taken to like a fairyland where everything's all magic and you think that would be so awesome but like under the circumstances that Jude and Taryn and Vivi were taken into this world their parents mm-hmm. were murdered, and now they're being forced to go into this, like, ho- like foreign land. And it just, it seems, like, it's horrible. And I was like, yeah. I couldn't ex- I couldn't wait to see how this traumatic thing that happened would have its effects on Jude. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, she doesn't seem to, like, trust people all that much when we do yeah. um, see her, because then it's, like, ten years later um, when the book really starts. And so right. I was, like, really intrigued to see, like, oh, how is her relationship with Maddox, who killed her parents? How mm-hmm. is her twin sister coping with this? Are they, like, different in any way? Um, yeah. Vivi's a little bit older, so she has her own feelings. So I was really interested how all of that was going to play out, um, specifically the tension between Maddox and Jude because he did kill their parents. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like as the book went on, we didn't, get a lot of that I mean there was tension between them but like we were just constantly reminded that he killed her parents but then sometimes he would do something and she's like well he killed my parents but I guess he raised me though (laughs) so he's kind of being a good dad right now and until like their fight at the end not much really happens between them other than like her being like yeah I hate him most of the time yeah yeah I I agree with you I feel like Maybe that's something that folks who've been raised by abusive parents can relate to, that that complicated balance between, well, this person hurts me consistently, but also they love Bob me a lot, so I am yeah. confused, you know? No, that's, that's, and I kinda, that's fair. <laughs> I think so, but I also think you're absolutely right that we didn't see that a lot um, playing out in the way that I would have thought. Um, I, I definitely keep reminding myself that maybe this is a young adult book where that nuance isn't needed, but at the same time, I completely agree with you that I felt like maybe there was more space for us to hash that out. And I honestly wanted to see more of their dynamic. Yeah. Um, so I agree with you there. Um, if, if anything, I feel like that was actually the part where I was hooked as well. Okay. Um, right in the very beginning, because we jump right in. I always love books, maybe because my attention span is, is very short, uh, shorter than my thumb. Uh, when you jump right into the plot and it feels like things are taking off right away. Um, 
that said, I do feel like I was surprised that uh, we didn't really explore the death of Jude and Taryn and Vivi's parents more later on in the book. Um, but I also, I really appreciated that we just jumped right in. I remember I was listening to the audiobook in the bathtub. Um, if you're listening to this podcast now, you'll learn about me that I spend about <laughs> about 24 hours a day. I'm going to say 24. I feel like that might be um, a low number. It is, but... Um, sometimes it's good to give yourself boundaries, but it is 24 yeah. hours a day in the bathtub. Yes, yes. Because um, if you're not physically and, in the bathtub, you are always mentally in the bathtub. Yeah, that's, no, absolutely. And I am going to get a sign that says that um, to put on my door. <laughs> um, but that said, um, I was listening to the bathtub and I was hooked. Um, I remember just sitting in the bathtub and being like, oh my God, our parents are dead. And, you know, things kind of seemed like they were taking off from there. Um, the other thing I really liked is the use of Robert Graves' poetry in the beginning. Uh, I thought that was also neat. I love yeah. when authors include media uh, from other authors and poets, uh, perhaps because they use their works as inspiration or to highlight the parallels between their work and the creator they admire, um, or just because they like the work and it makes me smile. Um, that's something that I think if I were ever to write a book, or if we were to write a book together, Caitlin, uh, would be cool to do is maybe some include a little uh, nudge to maybe some media that we really enjoy in the beginning yeah. uh, if that creator let us do that. So um, that was a big thing for me. I thought that was really cute. Like I liked opening up and I was like, ooh, a poem. This is fun. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that also like helped hook me as well. Like even like <laughs> before everything of all of the events in the prologue, it's like you get this poem mm-hmm. and it's like it's already kind of giving you an idea of what you might um, expect in this book. Um, yeah. I have a really quick question. So on the cover yeah. of the book, there is the crown, of course, and it's got like this like branch tree thing. Um, there's also a beetle on the book, and maybe I missed it, but why the fuck is there a beetle on the book? The fuck if I know. Um, <laughs> I, uh, when I was comparing our, when I was reading our notes last night, yeah. um, I saw that you'd asked that question in our, in our episode notes, and my immediate answer was because Jude wants to study Cardin like a bug, um, <laughs> because I know that's the way we talk about the men in our lives, that, that our interest study Um, him like a bug yeah but actually i have no idea and i've kind of been spiraling the past 24 hours trying to figure that out wilson the tub so yeah i was like staring at the book cover yesterday and i was like this is pretty like it's it's pretty and then i'm looking at it and i was like what the fuck does that beetle do in there (laughs) like what i don't remember (laughs) anything about a beetle having any significance at all and then I was like mm-hmm. trying to remember like the code names of like the spies that she ends up working with but mm. they have nothing to do with bugs and I don't know if that's just like I don't think it's something that happens later in the books I don't know because I haven't read them but yeah why would you put that there and like there's did we just both completely miss it why is there a bug on the book <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I violently know. Googled last night, and I, I didn't find a lot of answers. One person, I think the best suggestion I saw was that there's some motifs uh, where we describe some of the folks as a bug, um, like, for example, the roach. Um, but that's not, like, roaches aren't green. And believe me, I live and in And roaches aren't beetles. They're roaches. I've seen roaches. <laughs> I've seen roaches. They're not green. I wish they were green. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was just... I, I don't know if you knew, because I sure fucking no. don't. <laughs> no, my brain is a grape. All right, Emberlyn, I don't know if you know this, but a fun thing about our podcast is that on our Spotify, you'll be able to find a specially curated playlist for each book that we read. It's comprised of songs that we felt fit the book's vibe. And if you aren't already listening to us on Spotify, you'll find the link to the playlist for The Cruel Prince in this episode's description. And now that being said... If you were able to play a song to hype yourself up for a heist to steal the crown, what would it be? Uh, I think it would have to be Royals by Lord. That uh, makes sense. Because why the fuck not, you know? <laughs> I <laughs> feels right. not going to sing it in my Lord voice as much as I want to, but um, yeah, I think that's it for me. Uh, how about you? Uh, mine would be Homewrecker by Marina because... Mm. Um, you're literally wrecking a family if you're taking their crown away from them. 
like the song kind of has nothing to do with uh any of that but i'm just gonna pretend it is and i love marina so no i love it i love it i think marina (laughs) is a good fit for this book like all of her albums could be applicable i definitely think jude listens to marina on her free time 100 Mm percent specifically the song lies by marina oh get her would you want to live in the mortal world or the fairy world (laughs) i'm gonna say mortal worlds uh since i am mortal uh, mm-hmm. I feel like maybe things wouldn't go super well for me uh, in fairy, um, citing my previous comments about ending up naked in the Crater Joe's parking lot. Um, sidebar question. Yeah. Caitlin. Yeah. Uh, so as we know, when Jude eats the fairy fruit uh, that our playground pulleys give her, she wilds out immediately. Uh, what do you think would, like, what do you think you'd end up doing if you were absolutely <laughs> batshit on fairy fruit. If I was batshit on fairy fruit? Yeah. I I could I would probably strip down like Jude did mm. because usually like I hate wearing pants. Yeah. Um already as it is. So mm-hmm. I'd probably just like let loose and do that and I would probably bop about town singing the JG Wentworth um 877 Cash Now song. Mm. You know the you Pleasant. you know what I'm talking about. I sure do. I sure do. Called J G Wentworth, eight seven seven cash now. This, this is not an ad. ad. This is not no, an ad. This is not an ad. <laughs> it's just stuck in my head for absolutely no reason. So I mm-hmm. think if that happened to me right now, that's exactly what I would do. Or mm. I would just like I think what I would be doing is just like yelling and screaming all the things that do get stuck in my head, which um, are on a constant loop. So like currently, it's the J G Wentworth commercial it's the my money don't jiggle jiggle commercial oh it's or not commercial song yeah it is the tiktok sound saying not my circus not my monkeys not my circus not my monkeys <laughs> just on on a loop and i would voice that um as loud for everyone to secure so i love that um <laughs> i think i thought long and hard about this i think i would rob an anthropology oh Nice. Why? <laughs> why not? I like why anthropology specifically. I need new candles. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I like it. So with that in mind, I did want to ask you Mortal World <laughs> yeah. or Fairy coming back now. <laughs> Terrible <laughs> <Mortal>. question. <laughs> I like the side part. Uh, Mortal World. Fairy seems awful. Like, yeah, you live forever, but for why? Like, it's it just yeah. seems like people are not having a time. Nothing about it seemed appealing to me yeah. at all. And it is like the way I understood it is that people could control you at any given moment. And it's I a don't... civil rights nightmare. It is. I don't like it. I like being in control. And um. It's just it just seems like you have to bit, like tread very lightly in this world. Yeah. And also just like living forever. Like I love living, but like that just I don't know. It just doesn't seem ideal to me. It does like, not. It does not. I feel like it would get old after a while, you know. Yeah. And you huh. would get old after a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. uh just catch me staying here in the mortal world. Thanks. <laughs> I prefer my short life. <laughs> <laughs> um so tell me then, uh, in your short mortal life, yes. uh, what character uh, have you come to uh, hate or dislike? Um, what character would you enchant into embarrassing themselves with a fairy fruit? Uh, Cardin, because he's an asshole and he deserves mm. it. Yeah. Like, I know that later on in the book, we're get- okay, listen, Cardin, from the beginning of the book, he is two things. One, an asshole. And two, a dick. Yeah. And also sometimes Jude is like, he's pretty. And I'm like, girl, who cares? This is irrelevant. Because yeah. I have a list of all of the red flags this man has done. Oh, I'm as ready you, for it. I'm ready for see. it. Wow, that is a long list. Um, Just straight from the book. I don't even think this is all of them. But I have like tabs in my book. Um, that are all the red flags. Um, so just starting off with a bang, he punches a boy for no reason mm-hmm. and rips one of his wings off. 
Uh, he kicks dirt onto Jude's food. He tells Jude that he could make her do something she didn't want to. Um, tells Jude, withdraw or wish you had when she wants to become a knight. You know, like her one <sighs> thing that she wants. And he's like, bitch, don't do it because I don't want you to. Ew. Um, he whispers foul things into her ear. Uh, he and his friends force Jude and Taryn into a river of monsters, which isn't yeah. really nice. Yeah. And, you know, like, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm just like, I I don't like him. And it's fine. No. Like, it's good not to like every character. Right. But I don't like him. He's an asshole. And I know that later on, we are shown a scene where Jude is spying for Prince Dane. Mm-hmm. And we see Cardin is being treated really badly by his brother. Right. And I think he beats him, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. He does, yes. Um, which is not great. I don't wish that upon anybody. No. However, it's not an excuse to be an asshole to the people no. around you. Because I, I hate the mindset, well, everything's terrible for me, so therefore everything must be terrible for everyone else. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, like... You need to go to therapy and work on it because I it just it's just not an excuse for me and being like, oh well, he threatened my life, but he had a shitty childhood, so it's okay. Yeah. It's like no, it's not okay. Um, he doesn't really show any growth in this book at all. Yeah. Like, um, he doesn't like at any point, even towards the end, be like, yeah, all those things I did to you were bad. I should apologize. And he doesn't mm-hmm. even acknowledge any of his actions. All we get is that, like, after Jude... Like, literally, all we get of this relationship is after Jude sees how he's treated by his brother, she just randomly starts thinking about him yeah. for no reason at all. Oh, my gosh, Like, she's just yeah. like, oh, Cardin wouldn't do this. Or I wonder what... Blah, blah, blah. Like, just... Yes. Why? There was one note where I was just like, why are you thinking about him right now? This doesn't make yes. any sense. Yeah. Um, and at one point, like, uh, she's like... Oh, yeah, after he and his friends, like, forced my sister and I into a lake full of creatures, he did stay behind to make sure we got out okay. Like, bitch, he put you in there. Like, that's the bare minimum. Because at one point, uh, towards the end, Cardin tells her, it's like, well, I never wanted you to die. And she's like, oh, you're right. Aw. It's like, no. Like, he didn't want you to die, but he still tortured you and your sister. (laughs) The bar is low. The bar is low. The bar is so low. Um, I just, I don't, I don't like him and I don't, and I'll say it, I don't like the relationship that I totally knew was going to happen from the beginning. It's like, uh, Holly Black is going to make me want to ship these two and I refuse to because I don't like Cardin and he's toxic. Do you have any thoughts on this? (laughs) So many. Um, I couldn't agree more and I just think that Cardin gives such exceptional incel energy that it's like upsetting it's like and you just made such a great point that i didn't even consider before about the fact that it seems like jude doesn't seem to form any sympathetic connection to him until she sees that he's abused by his brother and it it, it's it sucks that it's this black and white but it almost seems as though um she in her brain she uses uh the abuse that he receives at the hands of his brother as a way to justify his behavior completely so that she can then um, see him later down the line as her love interest. And I don't think that's a good message to send to young girls reading this book. Um, no. I, I think the bar is incredibly low in terms of like uh, male uh, uh, anti-heroes uh, who are later on love interests. And I think to that point also, um, like... This isn't a good utilization of enemies to lovers, in my opinion. Thank you. I agree. Because I, I really do like enemies to lovers when it's done well. But you, when it's an enemies to lovers where, like, it's just so toxic to where you're like, why would you ever? And there's no growth shown. Like, mm-hmm. from the beginning, Cardin torments Jude and mm-hmm. tells her, like, you are nothing, I am better than you, you're never going to be this, do this mm-hmm. or else. Like, he's just, he's so, like, I have all the power, and you're never going to have it, and I will continue to bully you and your sister and make your lives miserable. But there's never a moment where he's just, like, like I said, he never realizes anything that he's done is wrong, 
it was only Jude being like, wow, I hate this guy. Oh, his brother's mean to him. I guess I'll kiss you now. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. And I guess you could argue the fact that, like, she was starting to become, like, almost, like, power-hungry towards the end, Mm -hmm. which is, like, interesting for her character because, like, I I like that I didn't always agree with Jude's actions because it's, like, usually you're rooting for your protagonist, but she wasn't very, like, reliable all the time and she would kind of flip-flop. So I thought it was interesting for, like, her character to be, like, oh, I want to fit in. To do that, I should become a knight so that I can prove that I do fit in this world. I need power. Yeah, I need power. I need power. And then it just kind of gets to her head. So I could see her doing that as, like, a power move for her, for him because, like, that's kind of how she felt in that moment. But yeah. then she was just like, I kind of liked kissing him. And I was like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Like, he doesn't, he doesn't do anything. Like, he didn't do anything for you. And just... I have, no. I don't like this book. <laughs> yeah, okay, no, speak speak it out. Like, shout it out. Uh, because I couldn't agree with you more. Um, oh. <laughs> like, Cardin is such a frustrating character. Um, and I think this is an important moment for me to acknowledge for uh, our listeners that um, I think that it's really important to acknowledge cycles of abuse in real life, right? Where... Um, you get abused and then you have a higher potential to become an abuser down the line. But the important thing is to break those cycles. And I don't think this is a book that does a good job of illustrating why that's important. Um, instead, it, uh, it it takes this character and it justifies their behavior, their cruelty, and then you don't see that character display any growth later on. And I just don't think that's, I, I don't think that's a particularly meaningful message i don't think that is a it's harmful it's harmful um i'll say that um so yikes (laughs) (laughs) my review of this book is yikes (laughs) yikes and here's the thing i knew that this book was going to go i knew that jude and cardin were going to become like an enemy to lovers thing. I could just feel it and just off of the things right. I've seen on TikTok. I'm like, I one of my notes was, this author is going to try and get me to ship Jude with Cardin and I absolutely refuse because no. he's the worst. Yes. And there's Speak no it. there's no growth. I, I love enemies to lovers, but I don't like it when there's no reason for them to be lovers if all they are are enemies. Like, it doesn't... It's, it's just... It's a toxic relationship and I don't condone them in real life and I really don't like them in books because I feel like for when I read it, it's like the author, I'm not saying Holly Black was doing this, but like, mm-hmm. it's just, look, if this kid, if this guy's bullying you, he actually likes you. And like, yeah, and I hate that. And like, no, if, if someone's bullying you, they're being a jerk. It doesn't, it's not them secretly, like, saying, actually, I really like you. That's why I punched you in the face. Like, no, that's just them yeah. not expressing their emotions in a healthy way. <laughs> like, that's not how that works. Yeah, it really perpetuates that messaging. No, you're so right. You're it, so right. It really does. Amen, sister. And that whole moment when Jude was like, why do you hate me so much? And Cardin is basically like, because I'm jealous of you because of all of these reasons. And also because you're living mm-hmm. rent-free in my mind. I'm like, how is that her problem? Like, get over it. Incel behavior. <laughs> Incel behavior. Like, enough. <laughs> enough. Go to therapy. Uh, go to therapy. The cool yeah. prince. <laughs> Review the cool Woof. prince. Yikes. Go to therapy. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, so what character would you enchant having all of that said into embarrassing themselves? <sighs> Girl, this is hard. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because after us discussing ter- uh, Cardin in great detail, I feel like I have to add him to my list of, of people that are on my shit list. Yeah. Um, for sure. Like he totally sucks. Um, but I also had to say Taryn, um, Mm. she fully portrayed her sister and never showed her an ounce of grace or acceptance throughout the course of the book. And it just made me so frustrated because Jude consistently takes bolts for Taryn in this book and Taryn twists a knife in her side in response to each of those moments. And there were many times when I felt like Taryn was punishing Jude for refusing conformity, um, And I don't know if that was just because Taryn didn't have the ability to resist conformity herself Mm -hmm. and just be herself and and be genuine and and organic and, and, you know, speak her own truth as a mortal. 
And I'll talk more about this later, but I think Taryn was just too afraid to choose her sister over an opportunity to conform. Yeah. In fairy. I get that. I feel like it's, um, I feel like that was almost, like, it was a good way of showing, like, the different effects of being taken yeah. from when they were little. Um, yeah. Where Jude is like, I hate this when I'm, like, I don't want to fit, like, I'm trying to fit in, but right. also I keep being reminded that I'm mortal and, like, she doesn't put up with it whereas Taryn's just like no just go along with it so we can have an easier time blah 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 and that I can make my life here even though like we were taken but like like it's like Taryn made made herself at peace but Jude did not but Taryn doesn't Mm -hmm. help Jude at all and yeah 100% agree with you and yeah, and I feel like you just reminded me also that I think that Jude also strives for conformity as well, to be a knight, to have power, yeah. so that she can have some some autonomy in fairy. Uh, I think that Taryn's path is definitely more passive, but what explicitly bothers me about about their dynamic is uh, what happens ultimately with Locke, where we find out that uh, Taryn's love interest is uh, the man, uh, the fairy gent that... Uh, Jude was uh, seeing, uh, and that's Locke, um, and that just <laughs> like I kind of expected it the whole book, but even when it happened, it still pissed me off. It was like, such I a still dick had to move. Put the book down for a couple hours. Yeah, like it made me think of my own sister and the fact that like not in the sense that I would like we'd ever <laughs> steal each other's partners, <laughs> but but just in the sense that um, I don't think I could ever hurt her like that. Yeah, and. I, I mean, I can, you have your brother, Jason, shout out Jason. Shout out to Jason. Um, do you feel like you could ever hurt your, 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 basically your own blood like that? No. Somebody who you love and you've grown up with from being a baby? Like, okay, so Taryn's whole thing was, do you know, okay, why was she not able to tell Jude um her who her lover was was it like a glamour thing it was like a fairy yeah it was like a fairy promise or yeah, something see, like that that's why i don't want to live in fairy because like you have all these stupid <laughs> things like hey i'm gonna tell you this but you can't tell anybody and it'll be like oh now i have now i can't it's just like it's stupid i hate it anyway right so taryn had this whole thing where she had a love interest but she wasn't able to tell jude or anyone mm-hmm. who it was until the coronation yeah. and Taryn knows her love interest is Locke. And then uh-huh. she goes and tells, or she sees Jude with Locke having a grand old time with him and doesn't do anything. Like, I feel like there uh-huh. could have been some loophole where she doesn't tell Jude that, hey, Locke is the guy that I'm actually going to be with at the coronation. Right. There could have, she could have done something. She could have done something more instead of just watching, like, seeing it happen and being like, so what did you and Locke do? by the way right <laughs> you know I right. just, if that were my sibling and if I was in that situation I would do better I hope yeah do better um and I think it's clear that she's supposed to serve as a foil of Jude Taryn is um but there are times when that doesn't work because while Jude is portrayed as having this like lion heart Taryn is me to the point where it's unredeemable yeah. and it just upset me so much because softness shouldn't have to equate to passivity or conformity. Yeah. And there were just so many times when I was so frustrated by her and I just couldn't help but wish that we had more insight into why Taryn made the choices she made to betray Jude um, or not stand up for her on so many occasions. Um, yeah. Yeah. I agree. So who, on the opposite of that, would be the character that you would give salt to to fight the effects of fairy fruit? Um, I said Vivian because she's just there. Um, <laughs> and like that said, I wanted more of Vivi, um, which is weird because I really did appreciate the unique opportunity this story offered for somebody like Jude, who I would have figured would be more like a side character to be the main character mm-hmm. um, in this book. Because um, I was really expecting Vivian to be the main character based on the way that the book started. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, as much as I appreciated that, I actually did want to see more of Vivi um, and her girlfriend and their lives, and I wanted more of her character. Um, and this is not a critique so much as it is like a wish and a manifestation that there's more of her in uh, the next book. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, if I read it. And <laughs> yeah, and also uh, Oak. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> he's just a little baby boy. He's just a little baby fairy boy, um, doing his best. And I just think Oak's like such a cute 
name for a child. Like, yeah, that was it definitely, cute. like, it activates the granola mom in me. Um, <laughs> like, though I don't like it in that context, I explicitly like it within the context of Oak being raised by his, like, fairy foster sister and her girlfriend. Yeah. Um, I don't like it and like, the granola mom, let your kid eat dirt. <laughs> like, don't put sunscreen on them. Context. Is that what a granola um, mom is? <laughs> I feel like it, there's this, okay, sidebar, but there is this woman on TikTok that, like, lets her daughter, or lets her her baby eat, like, sticks and, like, <laughs> rocks and stuff, oh. and I am not condoning this at all. I am simply saying, um, someone needs to call CPS. <laughs> I'm also saying that she also seems like the type of person that would name her daughter Oak. Yeah. In fact, I think her daughter is named something like Oak or, like, leaves or something, so just, like, Come here, quick Birch sidebar tree, there. time for dinner. Yeah. It's literally Birch or something. No, you're so right. Like, you're so close to what it actually is. That's um, a choice. Yeah. Again, not condoning those actions, but saying that I feel like any, like, leafy tree names are just borderline granola mom. Um, so watch out, girls. Um, let your kids eat normal food. Says the girl named after fire. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Me just not remembering my parents were granola parents. Um, and look at me now. <laughs> look at me now. Sorry, I had to point that out. <laughs> so, no, you're right. Wow. I just had like a... And they really were. And they really were. Um, oh, they really fun. were granola parents. Yeah. A lot of yoga. A lot of yoga in my house growing up. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of Greek yogurt. A lot of, a lot of yoga. A lot, of, get that a lot of plants. A lot of plants. A lot of, uh, a lot of the Mary Jane. <laughs> So, uh, Caitlin, tell me about uh, your favorite character. Well, initially, or I Or rather the character that you would give uh, salt to to fight the effects of yeah, Specifically. I, initially, I did say Taryn because I really felt like other than like being a dick to Jude, she really didn't do much. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I also put like, mm, she did also have a relationship with Locke at the same time Jude was, so... Um, she is no longer going to be saved by the effects of fairy fruit. Sorry, Taryn. I've thought this mm, over. Mm, um, mm. But yeah, Vivi, Vivi would be mine because she didn't want to be here. Like, yeah. she hates it here. And um, she, I love that she like just gives Maddox shit for everything, mm-hmm. and he doesn't even do anything about it. He's just like, yeah. that's my daughter. She hates me. That's her. Anyway. She hates me. And yeah. I just think that's hilarious and iconic of her and mm-hmm. for her to be sneaking off into the mortal world with Heather all the time. I just, here's what I don't get. And I know there'd be repercussions for leaving, um, mm-hmm. i.e. her, their mom uh, sneaking off to the mortal world and uh, mm-hmm. raising them until Maddox found them again. Mm-hmm. But they have access to the mortal world and they can go there. Vivi goes there often. Why not just stay there? And, like, I know at one point in the book, they tried that when they were little, and, like, it they didn't like it because, like, mm-hmm. um, they were taken from something comfortable into something uncomfortable again as little kids, and, like, the, I think the people that right. they, that Vivi glamoured, like, they didn't know what was going on, so it's not like they were much help, but, like, right. I feel like if you're growing up and be like, I just want to go back there, even if you don't fit in necessarily, I don't know. It was just yeah. me. I was just like, if you have access to the moral world and you don't want to be in fairy anymore, just go. Take the chances. Right. <laughs> like, just do it. Just, just do, do it. it. I feel like it'd be worth it because I, I, fairy sucks. So yeah, I just, yeah. I don't understand why you would choose to be there. And like, I knew, I know that Vivi eventually wanted to uh, just go to the mortal world for, for good. Right. But I was just like, why are you waiting? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad that she she's finally making those steps to get out. Um, I I wonder if for Taryn and Jude, it's just like that they this is where they've grown up and yeah. they're so comfortable now with it, and maybe that they want to conform to this world more than they'd like to start this new life. Yeah, and like I I get that in a world they don't know anymore. Yeah, yeah. and like Jude did say to Vivi like, well, what would I do here? Like I don't uh-huh. I can't just get a job. I don't have any skills here. Like. Right. I mean, it, it's fair to Vivi because she, she remembers the mortal world better than Jude or Taryn do. So, like, yeah. it, it makes sense for Vivi to go. But, like, again, right. what I don't get is... Is why she didn't wh- do that already. I know. And, like, I don't know. Fair, again, I'll say it. Fairy sucks. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Not a place I would want to be. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Will not be going again. Bark. Um, so, uh, tell me then, Caitlin, uh, now that we've talked a little bit about some of our favorite characters, some of our least favorite characters, and other aspects of this book, um, what are your two peaks and a valley <sighs> for the Cool Prince? Well, peak one would be the whole scene where Jude is sneaking into, I think it's like Pr- where Prince Dane lives or Belkin or whoever. She's sneaking uh-huh. into that place and they have a bunch of human servants who are glamored where they don't know what's going on, but they're, like, doing everything, Mm -hmm. like, mechanically um, and, like, doing other jobs. They have no awareness, but they just, their bodies keep on moving. Um, And Jude sees this girl who's there. Her name is Sophie. And um, she had seen her there before, and Jude is just like, I have to save her. Like, I have to get her out of here because she can Mm. tell, like, she is... Like, her body is worn out. She's not mentally there enough to understand it, but, like, soon she's going to die, and she wants to save her. And so Jude is able to get, like, this, like, the glamour or trance off of Sophie, and Sophie comes to, and she's so scared. Like, she has no idea where she Mm -hmm. is, and, like, she hints at, like, these horrible things that were happened to her, and she's like, this, like, this can't be real. Like, I can't live with the fact that this is real. And Jude is like, mm. I'm going to get you back to the mortal world. Don't worry. And, like, it was just so interesting to me, like, the effects that had that on Sophie because, like, she would almost rather just go back to not being aware because of mm-hmm. how scary it is that this magic is real and how just it's, like, a, literally a culture shock for her. And that was uh. – it was the most interesting part of the book to me because there's actual mm. stakes there. And I wanted to see, I'm like, how is this going to turn out? How is she going to sneak this whole ass servant out of this, like, heavily, like, not guarded, but, like, everyone knows all of their servants there. They're going to notice yeah. someone's missing. How is she going to do this? What are the repercussions of Sophie, like, now being aware? And Sophie it ends up, unfortunately, taking her own life because she just can't mm-hmm. live with the um, fact that this place was real and that these horrible things had happened to her. So that... I felt like was the most interesting part of the book to me. That's where I was really paying attention. I was like, ooh, what's going to happen? Because I felt like everything else in this book was pretty predictable to me. Yeah. Like, I just saw it coming where this was, like, the one part where I was like, oh, okay. What's going to yeah. happen? Yeah. Uh, what was your first peak? I think that was my first peak. Wait, really? Um, <laughs> yeah, I was sitting here struggling to think of um, maybe uh, – a handful of things that I really genuinely enjoyed um, about this book. Um, and I mean this with all love. Um, and I think that was really one of them. I agree with you. I think it, it was like probably the most unique and, and interesting thing in the entire book when she tried to get this, this poor girl out. Um, the writing there was maybe the strongest in the entire book, yeah. I felt. And I also felt like there was a plot there. Like, it felt... There were many points during this book where I felt like the the plot was a little unbalanced. Not in the sense that there were any loose ends, but just in the sense that there were times when I think it just felt, like, slightly off-kilter. Kind of like, um, if all of these books were on the shelf, The Cruel Prince would just be slightly yeah. turned to the right or the left. A little, a little tilted, and I'd have to go fix it on the shelf. Um... But at that point in the book, I didn't feel that way, um, and I really appreciated that little um, that that little piece where um, they were trying to get this girl out. And I was surprised by Sophie's reaction because I think you would think that um, when you find out that this world exists, you would be amazed and excited and, and enchanted. And I think it was interesting to see Holly Black portray the dark side of that yeah. and the potential of that being exposed to such magic um can have to really overwhelm a person who's never experienced anything like that in their lives um i also think it was kind of interesting and near hilarious that that this poor girl was at burning man when she got taken away to this world that was really funny anything can happen to burning man and if i if like if that is how i ended up in fairy from burning man i'd be like what did i take at burning man (laughs) (laughs) what what synthetic drug has brought me here um so yeah I, I was surprised by that the scene where this this poor girl um takes her own life I was very surprised by um and then I was surprised later on when Jude is walking through the crowd at the king's uh at the coronation uh and she thinks she sees um or was it at the coronation or was it later it was I think somewhere it was later fact. but she does see her 
in the crowd she thinks and i thought that was eerie and i'd like to see the direction that that takes i'd like to see um how how we tie up that loose end down the line in later books <clears throat> yeah um yeah so uh tell me about your second peak um first of all i want to talk about the the plot okay. real quick because like you reminded me like when you're saying like this was like one of the, like really good writing this part and I completely agree with that and I think I liked it so much because there was something happening there whereas yeah. I felt like most of the book like you were saying with the plot it was just like a little bit like off kilter of yeah it was I was just like where are we going like there was yeah. no like one thing other than like this this coronation and so when she became a spy I was like ooh the, we're going somewhere but then it was just like she was a spy and everything else was still happening (laughs) like it didn't there it didn't feel like there's any direction until people started getting killed at the coronation yeah um and to which in my notes i said okay red wedding so (laughs) um there was that was there was just like for me in when i was reading this book the entire time i was like okay but where are we going from here where are we going and it was definitely more character driven which is fine but when you don't really like the characters in the book it's kind of hard to enjoy for me and I think that's why that whole scene was so enjoyable for me um that's a read because it was really interesting no that's a read that's a read (laughs) so so then I guess I'll pose that question then um what was the second peak for you in this book I don't have a second peak (laughs) Oh. <laughs> because I I sat here and I was like really like that part of the book and then my second peak was when I finished the book because then it was over <laughs> which sounds it's so mean and like I it's just it's nothing to do with the author it just wasn't my cup of tea it wasn't mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy myself reading this book it was just more of me like every page turn it was just like oh more bullshit like i <laughs> i saw everything coming i knew cards and jude were gonna be a thing i knew that there was something i didn't know exactly what was going on. like yeah. i didn't see taryn and Locke happening but it was it was a guess but yeah. i was like this whole thing with Locke isn't gonna work out and it's like this coronation is just gonna go to shit and like the closer like everything seems to really start happening towards the end and then i'm looking at my mm-hmm. book and i'm like there's only like a few chapters left nothing none of this is going to get too. resolved yeah and i was just i i don't have a second peak <laughs> so uh that's how much i enjoyed this book oh. how about you do you have a second peak so in all transparency we talked about this before and <laughs> yeah, uh, i uh i did say that i didn't um but I, then i thought a little more about it and um, I did want to uh, interject uh, a second peek. Um, so I did enjoy the world building and use of magic uh, that I mentioned before in this book. That's my second peek. And I also just want to take this moment to acknowledge um, that while we do have some constructive criticism about this book, and we did just uh, roast Cardin on a skewer, essentially, yeah. um, I can tell uh, that Holly Black really cares about the characters and the world she's built. And I'm excited to see how she grows as a writer throughout the next few books. Um, so this wasn't my cup of tea. This wasn't your cup of tea. Um, we can both acknowledge it. I don't yeah. I don't think that'll stop me from wanting to read more of her works and see how she improves uh, later on. Um, this is something we discussed um, when we talked about Shadow and Bone as well. Um, yeah. That, that initial book, we did feel like lee's writing wasn't as strong but that over time it didn't prove and i'm i'm hoping the same uh for for miss holly black um with that in mind uh did you want to talk about your valley um, yeah um jude and Carson carden kissing jude yeah. and carden kissing literally i knew it was gonna happen and i hated every second of it um i when i got to that part i had full intentions of finishing the book that night because i had plenty Mm -hmm. of time and there wasn't much to go but after i read that um i had to physically put the book down and go watch a silly show to get my mind off of it (laughs) because i was like it was it was so gross i literally went yeah (laughs) and i closed it because i like for why why are they kissing and it was such a power move for jude but it still doesn't make sense to me. And especially, I can't remember if this happened after or before the kiss, but when Cardin was just like, I hate you because I'm jealous of you. And she's mm-hmm. like, ooh, so you really are always thinking about me. And I know you hate this. You hate me because you want me. And you don't like that you want me. I'm going to kiss right. you now. 
and, yeah. and it's just, I was just like, why are we here? Just yeah. to suffer. Because I'm suffering, and I hate this. And like then they, I think they kissed more after this. And I'm just like, why? Why are we doing this? And um, yeah. I, I hated it. Uh, and then it also prolonged me reading the book because I had to put it down. <laughs> <laughs> and I also hated that. So that is my valley. What is your valley? Uh, I mean, before you, I, I tell you, I just want to say, um, <laughs> reiterate your point, um, because the kiss is upsetting. And I hope that if you're a young person at home and you're listening to us bitch about uh, Jude and Cardin, uh, then you'll understand that we are two uh, 23 and 24-year-old white ladies that have been around the block with men <laughs> in our lives. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we know bullshit when we see it. <laughs> yep. So, <laughs> So this was exhausting for us, you know. I think we I read this and I was like, oh, <laughs> swipe left. Yeah. Or right. I don't what know. Do you do on Tinder? I'm, I'm not on dating apps. Swipe, so. swipe the way that makes them go away. That's yeah. my motto. Um, <laughs> I will tell you my value now. Um, okay, but I actually do have things to say about the portrayal of menstruation in this book. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. There's one line explicitly that I want to pop off about. Um, but first I want to say, off the bat, it could be progressively better. Um, while I don't think it's inherently harmful to acknowledge that periods suck, um, yeah. they can suck, I got really uncomfortable with the way that Jude characterized the distinction between fairies and mortals and how they have their periods. And I really almost wish that it hadn't been included. I don't see the necessity of it. Yeah, when I read it, I was like, why is this necessary? Yeah, like, I didn't I didn't ask, and I wasn't wondering. And it wasn't um, because they were mentioning periods. It was because it, it added nothing to the story. Just, yeah, say what you're going to say, because, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you the line. Um, I know you're wondering. Side eye, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> no, they don't bleed once a month. Yes, they do bleed annually, sometimes less frequently than that. Yes, they have solutions, padding mostly, and yes, those solutions suck. Uh, yes, everything about it is embarrassing. No. Immediately no. <laughs> no, Immediately it's no. not. No. I, like, the moment I read that, I I think a tampon shot out of my mouth. <laughs> I was so angry. Um, because I don't think that under any circumstances we should be sending young readers who might be reading these books messages that periods are embarrassing because it can just imagine, perpetuates that can you imagine reading this at 14 years old and you might like you know are still new to having your period uh-huh. and you read this and it's just like yeah everything about a period is embarrassing and you're like yeah you're right no babe it's gonna be okay yeah. <laughs> like yeah i i get if, that go ahead if you are someone who has periods it is a normal part of your life Mm -hmm. and it does suck sometimes Mm -hmm. but every person who gets them goes through it and you don't have to be embarrassed about it and there are plenty of you know options to deal with it just this book made yeah I completely forgot about this part and reading like this quote makes me mad <laughs> like, like like i know pe- you were wondering i wasn't mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you mm-hmm. people who menstruate shouldn't have to be reminded that um their bodies do things that you know society might characterize as embarrassing like that was like, right and I, I get maybe the author's intention to want to relate to people reading this book yeah it's embarrassing i know right but it's not relatable it's not relatable <laughs> It just makes me sad. Like, yeah, I, I'm not embarrassed uh, by my period. It's an annoyance. Yeah, but why do we have to call it embarrassing? Like, can you imagine? Like, what if you weren't embarrassed about it, and then you're like, oh, should I be embarrassed about it because yeah. this thing that I have no control over happens to me monthly? Yeah, it was a line that I felt would be very easy to internalize as a young person. So, that was my valley. Um, yeah, and again, it wasn't necessary. <laughs> no, no, it didn't add anything. And again, it just made me sad. It just made me sad. Like, yeah. I, I think that I got so excited about, um, I get so excited about media for young people where we talk about periods in a way that's not only normalizes them, but doesn't make 
the Metabu. And yeah. when when I see a book that that does that, it makes me it makes me sad. I, yeah. It makes me want to wallow in the bathtub for <laughs> an additional twenty four hours. Um, with that in mind, uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll lighten things up now. Uh, <laughs> do you have a favorite quote from this book? Um, I know you said you wanted to lighten things up, but I had to really think about this because. Um, I did not have a quote that stuck out to me at all, which is really saying something because I feel like every time I read a book, there's always at least one thing that immediately I'm like, ooh, write that down. But reading this, I was just like, eh. So I did go through again and try and find one. And I did kind of like the quote is from page 216. Uh, Jude says, am I like this because of what Maddox did to my parents or because he was my parent? And I liked it because I feel like it was a really good um, look into Jude's, like, kind of, like, identity crisis that she starts to have towards the end because Mm -hmm. for most of the book, she's been trying to find her place in this world for so long. She wanted to become a knight. Um, And she's told, you're not a killer. You can't do this. You're just a mortal. You can't do that. And Mm -hmm. um, she starts to get, like we said, like, power hungry. And I liked the her asking herself like is this a result of what he did or because i was raised by this guy who is also a killer right so i i thought that was interesting to her character mm-hmm. um about as interesting as her character got for me <laughs> that is valid um did you have a favorite quote yeah um coming back to my campaign against Taryn, um <laughs> mine was i get why he chose her I just wish she had chosen me. And this is a mm-hmm. line that Jude says about Taryn um, after she's discovered that uh, Taryn's love interest uh, is Locke. Um, and this just hurt me. I think this hurt. To, this really hurt me on a personal note. Like, this struck a chord with me. Um, because um, I just can't imagine the hurt and the betrayal and the audacity uh, of yeah. Taryn to do that. Um it bothers me so much, as I said before, that Jude consistently sacrifices for Taryn, and Taryn consistently proves to be the worst twin. I also think that um, it's kind of a beautiful quote because um, it's something that maybe a lot of us can relate to uh, in scenarios where we felt like we weren't chosen in an opportunity, in a moment where we felt like we should have been. Um, and I think I just this book got me thinking a lot about my sister and how much I love her <laughs> and how I would always choose her. And how I just couldn't imagine um I literally have a picture of her right here on my thing and I'm just like looking at it right now fondly she's so cute um and how I couldn't imagine not choosing her um obviously there are many times in life when we have to choose ourselves of course um but for Taryn this was not one of them (laughs) and I think that Taryn should have a discussion with me and my sister to see um what uh goaded sisters treat each other like Um, yes (laughs) so that's my thoughts on that yeah taryn just uh she made a lot of choices choices were made so made given everything that we have said about this book on a scale of one to five blusher mushrooms what do you rate it so i gave it two blusher mushrooms Mm -hmm. out of five and i say this with no ill will toward Holly Black. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, it won't keep me from reading her books down the line um, because I have faith that uh, she will improve as an author. But in between uh, Jude's love interest, Cardin, and uh, the dialogue about periods and some of the placement and rhythm of the plot, it just really wasn't for me. Um, but how about you? I know in our notes I say three blusher mushrooms. Um, but that was really just me being nice. Uh, it really is a two. <laughs> it, it, it's a two and a half blusher mushrooms for me. Mm. One because it was a really quick read and it was really fast paced and I got through it pretty quickly. So if you want a quick read and uh, you want to see what this is all about, uh, then definitely read it. It's super easy. Yeah. Um, I gave it another star because I don't hate this book. Again, like you, it wasn't my cup of tea, and I it was just super predictable for me, and I think a lot mm-hmm. of the reviews beforehand were like, oh, twist you don't see coming, and I was like, mm. reading it, and I was like, 
where? Because I saw <laughs> this coming before I started the book. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then the half because I will read the other two books that come out of the series because I do I am interested to see where this goes. Um, and who knows? Like maybe I'll like the other ones more. I can't yeah. say I hate it and then not read the rest of it. So um, yeah. two and a half out of five blusher mushrooms for Holly Black's The Cruel Prince. yeah i think that's realistic um (laughs) (laughs) i hope that we didn't leave a bad taste in your mouth about this book i hope that if you're interested in fairies and if you're looking for a quick read that you do pick up this book and consider it and um maybe you'll see it in a different light than we did um yeah just because we didn't like it doesn't mean other people won't like everyone's entitled to their opinions it just no it wasn't for us Thanks for tuning into our discussion of The Cruel Prince. Tune in next week when we learn a dark secret that threatens an entire continent in Mary E. Pearson's Dance of Thieves. <laughs>